Hello, everyone, and welcome to I Am Not Okay With Day. I am your host, Day. And today we have a special episode. Today, you guys, we have our third and final episode in our mini series on identity. And I get to talk to a new friend of mine, um, Romario. We actually talk about how being a Christian has shaped his identity. So, it was an awesome episode. I had a great time talking to Romario. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Here is Romario. Romario, welcome to the podcast. You know you're a guest on the podcast when I sing your name. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, that was... um. No one's okay. ever saying your name before, right? Thanks for having me. <laughs> that was um, special. That's the word. Maybe one for. other person. Oh, okay, we're going to pretend like that person <laughs> didn't actually do that. And like, I'm the first person to do that. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> I am very glad to have you on. All right. <laughs> I just want to say and thanks guys, for having me. You know, I'm glad to be here. Yay. I just want to say that um, this is special because it just so happens that Romario is my best friend's best friend, which I know that kind of sounds crazy. Like, <laughs> does that make sense? But it makes sense. Okay. <laughs> I'm very happy to have you on. I think we're going to have an awesome conversation. We're just going to dive right in. But first, y'all know what we do on this podcast. We do our some type of way. Romario, since you're our guest, do you want to go first? This is our time where we shed, we share our feelings about anything that has happened recently in the past week or so that made us feel some type of way. Do you want to go first or should I go? What do you think? You should go first, you know, because I'm always a gentleman. So ladies first. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, well, let's 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 get into it. You guys, I have recently relocated, but I'm currently in a temporary place because my apartment is not gonna be ready until another month. And so I'm in a temporary place and um I have very inconsiderate neighbors who like to watch TV at all hours of the night, very loudly. And I've been getting the worst sleep ever. And you know, if you have ever been sleep deprived, it's not great. <laughs> like going through your days when you had terrible sleep the night before, it's hard. And it got me feeling like, mm. I got to really call on Jesus to take the wheel because the temptation to go up there and say some words okay <laughs> got me feeling real just frustrated and upset so needless to say cannot wait to um, move into my own apartment where i pray that my neighbors are amazing and not just like this let's let's just pray for that okay <laughs> Uh, that's just me, listening to you i remembered um, oh you have stories sorry too. yeah just listening to you i remembered <laughs> oh wow no i just remembered somebody at camp saying y'all are the neighbors from hell and it sounds like that's what you're going through right now i am going through so I, exactly. I sympathize thank you i sympathize i appreciate it this is the problem when you're in places where a lot of other people are okay it's hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'm i'm sorry you know and i'm gonna pray that you get through that quickly 
Thank you. All yep. prayers appreciated. Thank you. What about you? You're welcome. Um, wow. This actually happened to me twice today. Um, I, I'm trying to do something to help two different persons. Mm-hmm. And both of them, because I cannot do exactly what they want, when they want it, said that I don't care about them and that I do not support what they are doing mm. and a whole host of other things. And I felt like, I don't even know, like, you know, should I be real with you? Be real. Be this, real. Is, this is, I, I am not okay. Like just, Come on. <laughs> I, I honestly truth. felt like just holding necks and squeezing. <laughs> We've all been there. I get it. <laughs> yep. And I mean, for both of them, what I did, I just, I just listed every single thing that I did, you mm-hmm. know, all the way through. I was like, when you get a chance and you have a moment, just look at this. And in both instances, I'm like one little thing, just one thing. And it's like, oh, you don't do anything at all. Mm. For real? Come on, You know what we call that? We call that catastrophizing. That person needs to be in therapy. (laughs) That's so frustrating. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Difficult people in life. It's Isn't that just like so frustrating just to know that people like this... This are out there, but not only are they out there, they're in our lives. We can't escape them. It's, I'm sorry, too. Yep. <laughs> I hope that this has been a release for you so we can just leave, leave that in the past and move on. <laughs> uh, you, yes. I, I hope so, too. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, too. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, I appreciate your um, openness and vulnerability. Okay. And let's hope maybe I was going to say, let's hope that they hear this, but do we want them to hear this? I don't know. (laughs) It it doesn't matter to me, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Well, thank you for sharing that Romario. So you guys, I mentioned in the introduction that we are finishing our series on identity. And so I thought it would be, he is the perfect person to have on here to talk about his identity, but we're speaking in particular, (laughs) we're speaking in particular about how being a Christian has impacted his identity, which, you know what, speaking of the fact that we were talking about this right before uh, we dive into this, I think is very, um, (laughs) uh, what's the word, ironic maybe, (laughs) or maybe a good example of um, how being a Christian helps you to um, deal with certain difficult situations and people. (laughs) I think it's actually a perfect segue. So we're going to dive right in (laughs) wow perfect segue perfect person okay (laughs) i don't know you're laughing at me so i'm just like am i am i speaking the truth or not (laughs) i don't know how to interpret this laugh i guess we'll find out i don't know (laughs) 
Okay. Let's start, Mario, with you sharing how you became a Christian. We all have these stories. This is one of my favorite things, actually, to ask people. I was a Christian all my life, but a lot of people have very different stories. So share with the people, how did you become a Christian? Um, this is a very complex question. <laughs> okay, we got time. Um, so right now I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. Yes. Oh, uh, great. So right now I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. Um, but before that, I was a Pentecostal. I used to worship at Grace Bible Church. Um, and how I got into church, um, I think there were about eight of us in this neighborhood who had to go to church. Our parents said we had to go, even though they did not go. And uh, we used to all walk to church together. And, you know, that was it. We used to go to church. We'd go to Sunday school. We'd come home after Sunday school initially. But then when we got about 10, 11, we transitioned into going to the main service. So we'd be in church listening. Um, and my cousin started to get more involved in church. That was her church as well. And I tagged along with her. So I really got involved in church through her, or rather through my mother forcing me initially, and then my cousin. Um, so we, I would be involved in the vacation Bible school. I'd be involved in the outdoor activities. And I, I just found that it was a really good place to be. It was a good place to meet people, to learn about what goes on. And when I say what goes on, you know, people always laugh at this, but you meet so many different types of people in those churches that you learn a lot. So I learned about drugs at church there. Um, not using drugs, but the dangers of drugs oh, okay. and alcohol. Um, <laughs> I learned about politics, which was very interesting. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, what else? What else did I learn? Um, I'm not even sure. I can't remember everything from there. Yeah. But uh, about the age of eight or nine my mother started to go to church and we started to go to the Adventist church and um the way it happened was we were actually going to go to the Jehovah's Witnesses church first mm -hmm. we left here to go there and when we got there it was closed because my mother was studying with a Jehovah's Witness lady um a few months before that so when we got there it was closed um my dad said well there's no church. Y'all got to go back home. She said, there has to be a church open in Barbados right now. And she had gone to school at the school close to my current church. Mm -hmm. And she said, there's a church there. Let's go and see if that's open. So we ended up going to that church. And um, I mean, there were about, I think there were about four or five people at church the, the Wednesday night. And okay. we went in and we were welcomed. We... Like the first elder sat with us and he explained what was going on and what the persons were talking about, what happens at church and why and all these things. And drawing on to the end of the service, my mom asked him about jewelry because nobody but us had on jewelry. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, we don't wear jewelry, but um, you don't worry about that. You know, y'all are visitors and that's fine. Um, and she asked about the next service and he said it's on Saturday. And not Sunday, as we were accustomed, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, okay, no problem. We'll be there. And we started to go to that church from then. So for about, I, I want to be factually correct, but I'm not sure that I am going to be. But maybe from about age eight to 13, I was going to church for the entire weekend. Oh so on God. Friday nights. <laughs> what? <yep. laughs> on Friday nights, I'd be at church with my cousins. So Thursday, sorry, started from Thursday. So Thursday night would be youth service. Friday night would be Bible study at the church I was at initially. Mm-hmm. Sabbath, I'd be at church. And Sunday, I'd be at church with my cousin again. So I was going to church literally four days on a stretch. You were churched up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> you lived at church yep. Yep. <laughs> I still do <laughs> well still do. more on that later <laughs> wow okay so this is very interesting to me you started going to church but your mom didn't start going to church so she just said y'all go <laughs> and then you were such yep. honest amazing kids and you actually went <laughs> Like, how did she make sure that you actually were at church? Um, I, I don't know. Like it was, it was everybody from the neighborhood. So it wasn't like, it was just oh, y'all couldn't, y'all couldn't or just my like... cousin. It was all of us. Oh, okay. You know, and, <laughs> and we're all going. So it's like, you know, it was fun. So it wasn't like, it was a task or a chore to go. It was fun to go. Okay. Yeah. Cause you're going with your friends and it's good times so then how long did you do so you did that for like eight to 13 so what what happened that made you stop going to church for so many days um at 13 my cousin moved out um and there was also there were also some issues at the church that really changed the feel of it this was my initial church grace bible church there were Mm -hmm. some changes so the pastor who was there he retired and a new pastor came in he had a completely different outlook on the way church should be. The mm-hmm. service format, everything, even uh, member participation and involvement. So a lot of persons fell off from going to church through that. Um, the last thing I went there for was a vacation Bible school. And um, it was done by some persons from the American arm of the church. And I think that was one of the best things that they did in terms of getting persons to come back. Mm-hmm. But even then it wasn't enough because it was really only for the period that they were there, that things were different. And as soon as they left, it went back to what the pastor had set up initially. Mm-hmm. So I just mm-hmm. kind of fizzled out, you know, and I stopped going. Um, I heard your service is dead up there. I don't know about the Friday night study, but um, that was it for me. So the church that you're going to now is the church that you've been going to since you were 13? It's the church I've been going to since I was eight. (laughs) Or eight. Okay, wait, 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 wait. So then, like, you're saying that from eight to when your mom started going to this church. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I was confused about the timeline. Because when did you start going to the OG church? How old were you when you started going there? I thought that was eight. You lost me there. Um, I started to go to church there from about five. Oh, okay. So you're really small. Yeah. 
Okay. Yep. And then you started going from AIDS to two churches. And then finally, yep. <laughs> we stuck to the one church at 13. Okay. Yes. So this is like your, um, I guess, introduction to God and to Christianity through church. We talk a lot about, mm -hmm. just in general sense, about, you know, Christianity and church are always hand in hand. And sometimes it's hard to differentiate between the two, or is there even mm -hmm. a difference? So I also grew up in the church, you know, since I was a kid and, you know, all I've ever known is, is, is the church and it's God, but my relationship with God really started to shift once I got to like college, I would say. So being in the church for all these years, like when did you really start to develop a relationship with God? Um, I see that you like complicated questions. Is that complicated? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make it complicated. <laughs> um, <laughs> Or rather, the answers are complicated. But, oh, um, okay. This is not me. <laughs> you know, like a lot of persons tend to say that a light went off and they realize they have to work on this relationship with God and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I cannot say that that is what happened to me. I think I unconsciously developed a relationship with God from the urgings of my mother. Um, and I, I would pretty much say that my relationship with God was hinged on my mother when we first started going to church. Um, so when we joined this church, we started out, as I told you, you know, we visited, we were going there every Sabbath after that. Mm -hmm. We also used to go to Sunday and Wednesday night service and eventually she wanted to get baptized. So it was about nine when she wanted to get baptized and we started to do Bible studies with one of the elders and uh, another member. And uh, from the studies, I said that I too wanted to be baptized, but they said I was too young. Um, and that was the start of a relationship with God for me. Mm -hmm. I wanted to understand more about what they were saying. And so I would read to understand it. That interest kind of dwindled a little. But my mother always had this thing where uh, we would have family devotions on Sunday mornings and not like the regular because we did it every day as well. But on Sundays, it would be different. It would be kind of like a, a brunch discussion, if you want to call it that. So we set up, yeah, we set up a table and we have our breakfast and we'd be talking and and eating and, and just going through what we studied in the week from the Bible. So we basically be doing a recap on Sundays. Mm -hmm. um, and after that, it would be on, my, on mornings and on evenings, she would say, well, you know, you could do whatever you choose as your devotion. But she always insisted that I do something. And I think her having those sessions and insisting that I do something caused me to develop a relationship with God. Um, it kind of forced me into a position where I had so much God coming in. I didn't have a choice but to listen to him and rely on him and trust him, you know? Mm. So I wanted a bicycle when I was about 10. I had one, but I wanted a new one, you know? 
And my mother said, well, when we want things, we should pray to God and ask him for them and if they are for us. Um, and I prayed, well, Lord, I want a bicycle. And I got my bicycle so that my experience with God from then was always to pray to him about whatever was going on mm-hmm. as well. And the, the forced, I want to say forced reading of the Bible and the forced praying to God about these different things forced me into this relationship. Um, it kind of was like an arranged marriage. <laughs> <laughs> And it was only over time that mm-hmm. I realized the benefit of the relationship that I had with God and all that could be done for me. Mm-hmm. So um, I was very heavy into athletics as well. And all of the events that I do were always on Sabbaths. Right. Um, so, so my triple jump is on Friday night. So I can't do that. My one, two, they are on Sabbath and long jump is on Sabbath evening. So it's like, you know, all the things that I am good at, I can Mm -hmm. never get to do because Mm -hmm. I got to be at church. Um, And my mother was always, you're not going, you're going to church. You know, it's Sabbath. We don't do these things on Sabbath. And that resistance from her gave me resilience in the sense that when it comes to doing things on Sabbath, it's so easy for me to say no. Because mm-hmm. I was saying no from the time I was about 11, 12. You know, so when it was time for revision classes at university to be on Sabbath, I said, no, I'm not coming. Mm-hmm. When it was time for the exams to be on Sabbath, I said, I'm not doing them. I would have to fail. You know, I just, it was so easy based on that to say no. And, um, it really was about when I was about 18, 19, that I realized the relationship that I had developed with God and what it meant and, and what I was willing to do for him. Because before that, all I was saying is as soon as I turned 18, I'm done with this church thing. I'm done with this God right. thing. Right. Okay, wanna I was going to go <laughs> there. Yeah, because you know what? I feel like this is very common where your parents do force you to do the thing. Like, this is what they're doing. You don't have a choice. You're living in their house. But, like, I know that a lot of my peers who I grew up in the church with, like, as soon as it was possible, they were like, bye. You know, even if we did, our parents did like have the devotions with us in the morning, my parents did the same thing. Um, It's kind of like, if it's something that you don't choose, like, how did you, how did you not develop resentment towards your parents for that? And how does that then become something that you actually want for yourself? Um, And that's why I said, you know, it was something subconsciously happening. Because for me, I was just doing what I had to do so my mother wouldn't keep noise in my head, you know? Mm-hmm. That was my thinking. Right. But here I am reading my Bible, and um, I think I was about 16 or 17, and I was reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And one of the things about me is that, you know, I, I see the Bible there and I'll read it. But then I'm going to go and do additional research. I'm not just going to take what is right there. So I'm reading this Bible 
and reading Matthew and all these things. And I'm like, you know, checking up behind these different things that are said to have happened. And I'm seeing, well, this source says this happened and the next and the third. I found out that the order that we have in our Bibles is not the order of the books. And it became very interesting for me to just read these things um I was reading and and eventually I got into studying and um I came to realize that this person my mother was telling me about all along is somebody who loves me who wants the best for me um and and because of all that I had read before because of the knowledge I had amassed before it was very easy for me to choose mm-hmm to be a Christian um and I I think it's just the way my brain works um if I read something even if it is not consciously I kind of just keep that thing in my head so that thing is always there all Mm -hmm. the way through um and a lot of what I read it was just there it just kept coming in to coming back to me over and over and and apart from that I also had or have this very weird thing um I say it's weird maybe you don't think it is but throughout my life I've just seen things happen that I cannot explain unless there was a supernatural power involved um one of those things I will tell you are two of them I'm going to share with you The first, um, we were on our way to church one night. And as we were walking to church, the electricity went off. So outside is pitch black. I mean, dark. You cannot see your hand in front of your face. And we stopped. And my mother said, well, I don't know if it makes sense to go to church because the electricity is probably off up there. And I looked in the direction of church and I could see lights. And I said, but lights are on over there. So the lights may be on at church. Let's still go. We started to walk and I tripped. And my mom said, but we can't see. So it don't make sense trying to go. And I said, let us pray for light. You know, like, little boy, let's pray for light. And we prayed. And when we started to walk again, um, I've never seen the moon as big as it was. Everybody has told me because outside was dark, it was easier to see it. And there have been all of these explanations. Mm -hmm. But what I can tell you I saw was the moon taking up the entire horizon. And outside was bright. So persons are telling me and giving me these explanations. And what they are saying doesn't compare to what I am seeing. It was as though the, the moon literally came right where we were so we could see. That's and amazing. when we got to church, the electricity was on. And we got a ride home. And as we were coming home, the electricity came on where we lived. So, like, I, I can't explain what happened that night. But I know that it had to be God. Right. Um, the other thing that I've experience throughout my life is I will dream things um and then these things will happen so I was about 14 or 15 when this one happened my dad left on a trip to Miami and 
his flight was supposed to land about four o'clock. And the way that things worked back then was if he's going away, as soon as the plane lands, he calls. So his plane is supposed to land. Um, there's no call. He didn't call. So I'm like, well, what's going on here? Um, my father usually calls. My mom says, well, maybe he forgot. You know, he probably got so busy, whatever, whatever. About half an hour later, we're listening to the news. And the reporter says, a fl flight from Barbados to Miami had some difficulty on the runway. And there was this crash. And I am... Um, listening to everybody around me freaking out and everybody's like but your father ain't called suppose something happened and I simply said he's fine he's gonna call later um the seven o'clock news came on and they showed video footage of what happened and while that is showing the phone rings and my father is calling and I answered and I said no caller id hi dad how how are you Everybody's <laughs> like, but how you know this, you know? And I explained it or tried to explain it to my mother. But what had happened was um, before that, I had a dream that my father went away. There was a crash, but he was okay. And he called while the news was going on, while it was showing on television. Every what? single thing that happened. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So every single thing that happened, I dreamt. So as it started to happen, I knew what the outcome was going to be. That is and amazing. The, the only explanation is God. Yeah. So that when it came time for me to choose God, it's like, you know, I've seen you working in my life from all the way back then at mm -hmm. my bicycle and I prayed about it up until now when I am praying to you about getting into university, and that is a story in itself. Um, <laughs> I wanted to do law, and law is very competitive. You know, they, only, they were only taking, I think, 20 or 30 students at the time that I was going to law faculty. And you had to be in the top 30 to get in from Barbados. So... Here I am doing my university application and you have first, second, and third choice. And my, I'm filling out the form and I write first choice law. I do not put another option on this form. You and I'm praying so about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, that's the faith it. we need. That's hashtag goals. Okay, let me just write a note here so I can do that next time for my future. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, and I'm praying about it, you know, and I just have this feeling of calm come over me. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, Lord, I know that you got it covered. I know that I can get it. And my surname is S. So, you know, they will do the calling, as I understand it, based on acceptance so the first group of people who are accepted get that call first or mm -hmm. their letter and then after that it's by surname so I got a call and I'm like wow I got in so I call it all my friends and I'm like guys y'all y'all got your calls you got your calls and everybody's like how you mean you get your calls 
we ain't hear nothing yet. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, I ain't the top 10 that get in? What, what's happening? So it turns out I was actually in the first batch of persons that wow. were accepted. <laughs> and I didn't feel like my grades were exceptional. So I'm like, yeah, boy, copy, copy. <laughs> 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 could only be gone wow you know? oh my goodness okay so like a million miracles in one where do we even begin here wow so <laughs> <laughs> so you have it's been a combination of your mom and then just your own personal experiences witnessing things that really have no other explanation that have gotten you into mm-hmm. this place you got into your arranged marriage and you fell in love <laughs> Mm-hmm. and here Literally. we are okay so now you're here now you're an adult now you're grown what is that relationship like now like hmm. yeah let me, just, um, let me just stay there let me start by saying uh it's not easy you know um we we kind of have this thing in our heads that once you accept you're going to be a christian it's going to be smooth sailing and life is going to be sweet you know and that is not the case like I can tell you I came back from Trinidad and I I am here I feel like my relationship with God is good and I'm praying to God and I'm not getting the answers that I wanted and many times we don't get the answers that we want we get the answers we need we don't like the answer we need and I remember one morning I was here um and I had said probably the night before this devotion thing and this church thing I just done with this. This is a waste of my time. Mm. I cannot get anything that I want out of life. And it's just, you know, I, I praying and God ain't answering. And it, this, it doesn't make sense. And I decided that morning, you know what? I'm going to do the worst of the worst. I'm going to go outside. And I am watching BET with all the cursing and everything, you know? And I come out in the morning and I turn on the television. Yeah, you know, like, I just wanted to go to the extreme. I'm going to do all the drugs. Not do all the drugs. (laughs) Just, I'm about to watch BET. I love it. Yes, it it was in my devotion time, you know. So this was a really big thing for me. Um, And I came out and I turned it on. And I don't watch BET. (laughs) So here I am turning on this channel. And the first thing I hear is Joseph Prince preaching a sermon. And I am like, what is this madness? Were you watching it on a Sunday? Was it a Sunday? <laughs> no, it's a weekday and I'm getting ready for work. And, and this guy is on my television preaching, right? And I'm like, this is foolishness. i like, no, I'm not listening to this. And I'm trying to turn off the TV and I'm pressing the buttons and nothing is working. So the television is on. Joseph Prince is preaching. And I am just getting ready for work. And I am listening to this man. And I'm like, oh my goodness, everything he says is about me. This is definitely wow. for me. Lord, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I I am so sorry, Lord. I don't know what came over me, you know. And I just apologize and know, like, yeah, Lord, you know, you you you're in charge. You you're in control. I I'm not gonna do it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> no more BET for me. <laughs> And that is so funny. my cousin, my cousin comes out as he is finishing, you know, so he's done. And she's like, why is TV so loud? 
and she takes up the remote I was using to turn off the TV before, uh-huh. presses the power button, and the TV goes off. Mercy said no like, to you. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Lord, so really and truly, you wanted me to hear this. Mm-hmm. And um, it is ups and downs. It's difficult at times. But I always hold on to not what I'm going through at the moment, but mm-hmm. the result of what happened before. So um, I may have gone through like that situation. That's yeah. one that is always at the forefront of my mind. So I may be going through things now and I can't see the end, but I know based on how that played out and based on how everything surrounding that entire situation played out, that God has something in store for me that even I may not be ready for, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and, and that's what the relationship is. And I'll tell you, you see, like, when we started and I was telling you about my situation with these two people. Yes, I was coming back that's... to that. <laughs> you beat me to my... it. Let's go there. <laughs> that's how my conversations with God goes sometimes you know mm-hmm. um it's like it's like lord I, I i i should i tell you this my i can tell you you know and i'm, I'm very honest with god i tell him exactly how i feel at the time and um that's not something that they tell us in church in church they tell us to be perfect mm-hmm. you know um to to i don't know you know that, that we always have to be good yes. and that's not the case we, we are not always going to be good and it's okay to not be good it's okay to go to God and to feel defeated and to let him know that you feel defeated last year I felt like God was pushing me to do something and I was doing it I was giving it my all and I was getting the most resistance and I mm-hmm. felt defeated and I went to God and I said you know I feel like you called me to do this. This is what you asked me to do and I'm doing it. And it's just challenge after challenge. Hmm. And having had the conversation with God, um, I felt better. I felt energized to go on and to do what he was saying to do. And eventually um, I felt vindicated coming out of this situation. I felt like, you know, this is what God wanted to be in place. It's in place. It's working. And he's the person that's going to get all the glory and honor for it. I love that. that. So, you know, I'm hearing what I'm hearing is it's an up and down battle. It's, it's Mm -hmm. never straight like this. You got your plans. Even when you're trying to stray Mm -hmm. away, God's like, no, (laughs) he's working. He's tugging on your heartstrings. He's working on you. And so as you go through life now, it's, even when it gets defeating, you go back to those times when he was there and he helped you in all these yeah. different situations. So coming back to and, this. And not just me. Yeah. Not just ahead. me. But um, like there are other persons that I've spoken to over the years. Like there was this old guy at my church, Brother Barrow. Um, he used to sit right next to us in church and he would always talk to my mom. You know, he would tell her about. You know, you got to really work with your child. You got to help him to see the importance of a relationship with God. Um, spend time with him studying the word and whatnot. And 
I often remember some of the stuff he said because he would speak whenever we had testimonies, he preached. So whenever I was at service and he was saying anything, I can remember a lot of what he said. And many times the way he presented, it was more from a personal perspective to show how God was working. Um, and, and that really helped in some of the things that I've gone through. Yeah. Um, and he was the type of person too who was very interested in fostering my relationship growth with God. So um, he would have, I like, when church is born, was boring for me, I used to read. So he would have given me books. Like as quickly as I could read a book, he would bring another book. And I think I have every single one of the books that he gave me. But one of the best books he gave me was um, Think Big. Um, you know, and he, he gave that to me and I read that book, started it in church. And I think I read it straight through until I completed it. And um, it's, it's things like that, that I remember sometimes when I'm going through things, um, some of the words that he gave. And then there was another couple just right up the road from us that we were in cell group with. And um, when we joined the church, they were already old. And <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like they were old. So, uh, <laughs> I remember, um, I remember, and, and his wife just died. But I remember one of the stories she told the time at church. She, we were at, um, had to be a Wednesday night service. I'm pretty sure it was because it was just a few of us. But she was talking about um, how God blesses you and you don't even see that you are being blessed. Um, and she said she was in town and this guy had a snow cone cart and she was just standing up to cross the road. And the guy said, miss, I have to go and do something quickly for my child. Could you watch my snow cone cart for me? And she said she said no problem. She hung up her bag on the snow cone cart. And <laughs> persons thought it was her cart. And she sold snow cones while he was gone. And collected the money until he came back. And she said, um, while she was there, the rain came down. And um, the rain is falling all around her. And she's like, Lord, I want to thank you for bringing this snow cone cart here. Because I was going to be here to cross the street and wait on a bus. And the bus hasn't come as yet. So I would have gotten wet if not for this big umbrella over my head. And she ended by saying that she wanted to thank God for all this providing even when we didn't see mm-hmm. and and that stuck with me and I mean she said she gave that testimony more than 15 years ago but I remember it to this day you know mm-hmm. and um it's just different things and and this is why we really cannot discredit the importance of having church family yes um, we we really can encourage each other whether we realize it or not. And we may not even encourage somebody in the moment. It may be years after that they remember what we've said. So it's very important for us to share from our experience, you know, so that persons have the benefit. They may not go through the same thing that you go through, but they have the benefit of knowing that God could pull you out of a situation or provide for you in a situation and he can do the same for them. I just love that. So... (laughs) 
you shared that you're very much influenced by your experiences and by the people in your life. And now that you're here, you're professional, you're a lawyer, you're a leader in our church, our church, as if I'm there going to your church. You guys, fun fact, since the pandemic has happened, since, you know, my BFF is also BFFs with Romario. <laughs> She invited me to mm -hmm. their church's Sabbath school lesson. And so I've been on it like I'm a whole entire member of their church. <laughs> so Romario is our Sabbath school teacher. And he is, um, he has a role of leadership in the church. He's a lawyer. He's all the things. How, how does your relationship with Christ help or impact the way that you live your life and go through all these different roles that you have now? Um, first, let me say, you know, I, I really like that hour, <laughs> our church. Our. Um, in relation to work, um, I actually shared something about this yesterday, but I feel like being a Christian heavily impacts a lot of the decisions that I make as it relates to work. So um, I'll give you a couple of experiences I've had. Um, I don't remember what year that was, but I did a client who did an eviction then. So it turns out the person he's evicting is his sister. And I didn't even really think about it until it blew up in a big thing. So um, I did the eviction, I went to court, I got the order for her to leave by a specific date and all these things. Um, and we are in the community one Sabbath afternoon and I knock at a house and I hear from the inside, wait, that is he there? And I look up and I see the lady that I did the eviction, you know? <laughs> so now I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know just like <laughs> wow and the entire family is like no we don't want to hear anything from you you know very rough and I said okay no problem I'll enjoy the rest of your day I wanted to leave these books with you but um if you don't want them I understand and I left um a few months passed and I came back in the same neighborhood and I completely forgot this is the house so I'm knocking at the door again and she opens the door and she says, you know, you different, you know, I said, how you mean? And she says, you didn't realize the date for me to leave this house fast. I said, yes. And you're still here. And she said, but the way my brother's behavior, I know he had to be calling. I said, he has been. Um, but at the end of the day, I cannot in good conscience come and put you on the streets and you still don't have anywhere to go. So I've asked him to give you some additional time. Um, and we had a fairly decent conversation. Her son wouldn't speak to me, but she spoke. And we prayed and whatnot, and we left. Um, he, he obviously kept calling, and I went back. After the time had passed, and I spoke with her, and I said, um, you know, the time is definitely gone. Now you guys need to make arrangements to go to another home. Um, and I'm going to go to the court and do what I have to do. So please try to get things in place. And she said, I don't know that anybody else would have done what you have done. And I feel 
the only reason you're doing it is because you are a Christian. And she was right. The reality is, I don't know anybody who would have done what I did. My client was literally on my back about getting her out from the date that passed. And I think it was about two months after our court date. And she was in that house for another 10 months before. And for 10 months, I was keeping him at bay. Um, even when I did the, um, the removal, um, I recall going to the house and she came out and she asked me for time to get a truck to come to move her stuff. And the court marshals are there and they're saying, you cannot be in there after six today. We'll take everything out of that house with the police and put it at the side of the road. And I called him and I said, you know, I know you don't want to hear this, but can we give them a few more days? I wouldn't want it to be a situation where your sister's on the side of the road with all of her things. Mm-hmm. And but I, I wrote the letter. I took it to him, had him sign it, took it to the court. And I think we got to the chief marshal about 2.30 the afternoon. And the chief marshal, I asked him to delay the removal by about three or four days. He did. So he called his marshals, told them to hold off. And she had the opportunity to move out all of her stuff. And she called me after and she said, thanks. You know, um, she said she could really see that I was working with God. Um, and I, that has been my life. Like when it comes Aww. to what I do now, I'm a prosecutor. And a lot of the decisions I make are colored by Christianity. Um, I understand that there has, there has to be a penalty for the things that have happened. Mm-hmm. But I also understand that the different elements that go into sentencing have to play as well. I, and I mean, I understand past that, that there are just some things that happen that yes, you have to give a person a punishment for it, but it doesn't have to be as harsh as it would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and, does, and that, does that a lot feel of like times. conflicting for you sometimes? Um, no, it doesn't. Uh, really? It doesn't. Say more. It doesn't. It, it, it kind of meshes for me. Um, when I think about the things that I have done, and I mean, let me, let me be extreme. I mm. literally caused Jesus to die on the cross. I literally took his mm. life by some of the choices that I made. And he willingly gave his life for me. Like he suffered the ultimate punishment for my benefit. When I think about that next to this man has to spend some time in jail. Um, he did it, but he did it for his child to be protected. He did it for his family, his wife. Um, there are certain elements of mercy that have to weigh in on that. It has, mm-hmm. I have to have some kind of mitigation in mind as it relates to dealing with that, you know? And um, I, I feel like, my job is a part of my witness. So the way that I behave, and I'm going to tell you about one of the experiences I've had recently in court, but the way that I behave says something about me, not just, or oh, he is a prosecutor, but there has to be something more. Mm-hmm. And um, 
like there's this lawyer that has been literally actually cursing me actual curse words in court for the last three or four weeks like is that just even allowed? always cursing <laughs> i i know right that's a really good question yeah um and he always has an excuse for it you know so he's cursing me and i mean we are in court just this week gone and he i, I don't know what happened I, I didn't even say anything i was just sitting at the bar table doing my work and he turns around he starts quarreling and cursing and the judge says to him i've been putting up with you and this for too long he's not doing anything to you he's not <laughs> said anything to you why are you always on his case and um he did not say he left and one of the persons in court came to me and said you're a christian right and this is like my first time working with this guy in court and i said yes i am and he said you will have to be a Christian because if it was me that he was treating that way, I would have cursed him and get put out of court every single Wow. I so, love like, that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just always comes through. And once we are willing to be directed and led by God, that's mm. what is going to come out. That's what it's going to be all the time. Yeah. I love that everybody just notices, you know, like you don't have to tell people, but they just know the way that you act is just different. And mm -hmm. I mean, I feel that that's goals. Like that's the whole point. We have to be uh, different. <laughs> the, the thing about it is that you're not always going to be able to do it. Like, you know, when we started, they said, I just felt like holding it. Right. <laughs> that's how I felt. It may not have come out, you know, but that's how I felt. But I and think that's the we thing. We are going to feel this way. I think that's the human part of us, like the sinful nature mm -hmm. in us. We're obviously yep. going to have these feelings. But like you said, when Jesus is the one who is guiding your movements and your heart, the way that you respond mm -hmm. to situations is not going to be the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. One final word for Mario. <laughs> you know, you talk a lot about your experiences and how it's shaped your life. And I know that there are a lot of people who are listening to this who are not Christians and who really don't have a relationship with God. What is a final, I don't know, tell people why they should believe in God. Like why, why do they need this amazing thing that you have? Why do we need that? um i'm gonna tell you what i told a guy a friend of mine from the community following god is just a better way to live um it's more peaceful you are more relaxed about everything that's going on around you and um i side note i really like christian movies because they show you the practical side of christianity things that you don't expect um, things that you may not even experience. And one of those movies that I watched would have been Flywheel. It's a really old movie by now. But when I watched it, um, the husband and wife were having this discussion and the wife said her relationship with God causes her to feel serene chaos. Um, and I, I always think about that, like, you know, you are in a storm but because you've been on ships for so long, you, you are, you've been in a ship for so long, the waves are making it toss and roll and turn, but you know that this ship 
is going to weather the storm. So you're not worried about it. You've never seen any cracks before and you don't expect to see them now. And, and that's how it is with God. And if a ship that's man-made could be like that, just think about God who's outside of anything we can make, who's even better, who's even greater. Being there for you in all of your situations, seeing the end before you do and giving you peace throughout. Um, the other movie that I want to mention here is Letters to God. And that was a little boy who had cancer, who was literally on his way to dying. And he used to write these letters and drop them in the post box and send them off to God, which really was just going to the post office and being kept there. But he understood that God had a plan and God knew what was best for him. He knew that everybody else around him may not understand God's plan. And he wrote letters to God in relation to each of those people and how they would feel in his situation. He should be sad. He should be crying, you know. He should feel really bad about this. He's about to die. But he's happy and he's bringing joy and happiness to everybody else around him. It's, it's kind of like that with God. So, yes, I've got all these things going on in my life. But every time somebody reaches out to me and they have a challenge, what I have going on seems to pale in comparison because I want to help them see how God can get them through it. And that's what he's willing to do for you as well. That's what he's going to do for you. You know, life is just going to be, it's not going to be a bed of roses, but you are going to know that you can make it through each and every situation that you are faced with. Yes, it's just a peace, a peace that is unexplained mm -hmm. that you just cannot get from anyone else, anything else. Yep. I love it. All right, Romario, yep. we've had a really good discussion and we're going to close off with what God has taught me. Okay. I do this every single week because, you know, like you, God for me is also a big part of my life. It's a big part of this podcast. It's a big part of the reason why we even started this. And so, you know, I always want to make sure that I'm hailing them up, you know? So I always like to spend this time talking about just a lesson or something that I've learned throughout the week. And since I went first, I'm going to let you go first this time. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to be um, um, a lady. <laughs> wow. This week, this week. This week, God taught me that he really is, or reminded me, I should say, that he really is a God of the unexpected. Um, I had asked for some time off from work, and I wasn't getting an answer. And I, of course, went and asked again. And I was told, sure, no problem. Just clarify the dates with me. And I, I went into work on Thursday. And while I'm at work, my boss comes on and she's like, hey, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be off. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to be relaxing. And I am confused because I hadn't sent any dates. And she said, you know, based on our conversation, based on how tired I told her I was, she was willing to let me go from then until um, wow. the time that I was actually going to ask for. Um, so now, of course, you know, I'm going to take that time. <laughs> <laughs> As, you should. But, As you should. <laughs> yeah, but 
but it really was unexpected that Kerry was asking so long. And I do recall just before going in, I prayed about it and I asked your best friend to pray about it as well. <laughs> and um, I went in and even before I, it, it seemed like even before I went in to ask, God had already answered my prayer. So just want to say thanks for that reminder. Amen. We love it. I love that. That's kind of similar to something. I think the theme is similar to what God has taught me this week. And that is, I was reading a verse in the Bible and it was when the disciples asked Jesus something and his answer was not the answer that they would have thought he would give. Like, you know, Jesus be doing that sometimes. Like you ask him, okay, what, what is going to happen? <laughs> and he's telling you yep. like the next thing, you know? And yep. I was reading that with RBFF actually. And, you yep. know, I was just like, God really be doing this to us today. Like you ask him for something and he gives you a different answer, like you said, but whatever the answer it is that he gives you, it's exactly what you need. And so yeah. it just, it was just a reminder that like everything that we need, God has already given to us. If we need mm -hmm. anything, when we go to the Bible to read, to, you know, like, you know, you seek, you ask for um for things through prayer and then you read in the bible it's there it's not there saying mm -hmm. this is exactly what you need to do but it gives you what you need and so it's just something i'm trying to carry with me always but especially in this upcoming week when you know there's a lot of uncertainties things up in the air just to remember that god always gives us what we need and he tells us yeah. exactly what we need to hear in the moments and we need to just remember that we that. need to hear it yes yeah mario thank I, you so you know much. you said that and um last night my dad was on the phone with one of his friends and and he said to that person um god is going to give it to you in the right time and yes. god's thing is not man's thing you know so it's good to hear him say that and you saying it is like <laughs> whoa God is already, he's working. He's working. Even in this mm -hmm. podcast, I'm telling you, man, I feel fulfilled. I, I feel just like I can go and have a praise dance right now with all the things that you have shared in this episode. Thank you so much, Mario, for coming on and sharing your experiences. It's been, I think, very helpful for me, a good reminders. And I know, I know that other people listening will enjoy what you have had to share. So thank you so much. And thanks for having me. Yes. Thanks for having me. It really was my pleasure to be here. <laughs> I hope that's actually the truth. <laughs> Guys, we of have, course it is. We, we have had some technical difficulties. Okay, okay. So I hope that didn't um, run you away. But next time, there will be a next time, right? <laughs> Hopefully the internet will um, be better. <laughs> Until next time, you guys. Bye.